Okay, guys, great to see everybody. Good to be here today with you. We're in this, um, we're in part five of our prophetic series. So if you're joining with us today and you think, hey, that's cool, then message me. We'll get you the, we'll, we'll get you the audios from, from the past um, because some of this today may be like, hey, that makes literally no sense to me at the moment or that seems like a bit of a far on place to jump into. Uh, quite a lot of stuff we've been doing pretty much since February builds on each other. So if you missed the previous messages, some of the bits won't necessarily make sense. But I hope you guys are blessed through it. So it's what we've been doing as we've been going through this prophetic series is we started a lot more in the high level theology and the, co- the understanding the concepts of it. And now we're drilling down more and more into the into the practical. Last week was called practicalities. And today we're going to be drilling into this particular thing called stewarding the prophetic. I mentioned stewarding a little bit last week, but we never and you may have thought, what a, I don't quite get that. That's kind of where we're going to go into today. And stewardship is such an important word when we're thinking about the gifts of the Spirit in general. But because we're in a prophetic series, I'm just going to focus on stewarding the prophetic itself. Has it been something that you've ever considered? And I think today will stir up a lot of practical kind of things. That you think, hey, maybe I should start doing that. Are we fanning into flame the gift that God's given us or the gift that we see that's available for us to pursue, to eagerly go after, to earnestly desire? Or is it this kind of thing that's there and it occasionally happens when we're, in, when we're in this spiritual church kind of context, but then we kind of forget about it? You know, I guess the analogy is you go to a fair and you could have a go at having a go at a cross, uh, crossbow, like bow and arrow, and you know, you just shoot it and, oh, that's kind of cool. Compared to the person who's the Olympian, who puts the time in, who isn't very good maybe at archery to start with, but then they put time and time and they drill down into that and get better at something. The reason it's important to speak about stewarding today is because no one else can do it apart from you. Now, I can communicate stuff to you. We can read all the materials in the world and things like that about it. But actually, there's this deeper level of stewardship, this fanning into flame that only, that only you can do, that only you can do f- with God in your life. So what gift are you guys going after? What gift are you going after? And you may, and you may say to me, James, I'm really, you know, I love prophecy and I'm going after it a bit, but actually there's this particular gift of the Spirit I really want to drill down into. And that's fine. Message me about that. I'd love to go on that journey with you. So the last week's We've been encouraging ourselves to pursue the prophetic, to speak that heart of God out into the world. The truth of that is, it sounds, you know, it's awesome and it's exciting and yeah, that's great, but it's not, won't actually happen unless we actually do it, you know, unless we actually engage with it. And do you remember I gave the analogy of a picture on the wall that we can look at and comment on and speak about and that pickaxe on the ground that we can also look at and speak about, but actually you pick the pickaxe up and you use it, you, you engage with it. And that's kind of what today is about, that it's not going to happen by accident. So let me start with just an obvious truth. And it's so obvious that I think it can often get neglected. And I, I have in, in the past neglected it concerning the prophetic, that the key to growing in the prophetic is spending time in his presence. The key to growing in the prophetic is spending time in his presence. You know, I've said, I've said many times as we've been going through this series and as we did the previous one on foundations, because one, one of the foundations was the presence, right? 
The, the prophetic is all about relationship. It's all about connection to the heart of God. It's getting our ear to the heart of God so that we hear the heartbeat of heaven for the person we're in front of, for ourselves, for the situation that we're around. But it isn't just a concept. It's not an analogy of some spiritual thing. It's we actually need to do that. We need to do it. So prayer, pray, be in the word. They're great things. Awesome things are crucial. But crucially, sit and listen for his voice. Sit and listen for his voice. How much time in our week do we have where we dedicate it to that practice of solitude, that practice of being silent and still with him? Phone off. I, when, when God really started challenging me on this and I started trying to put it into my schedule, the first time I did it, I had my phone. I was just like, phone on silent, but some vibrate, phone on silent. It's there, and I'm just listening to God, and then there's zzz. no one, you know, no one in this room, even with the gift of like Holy Spirit, like self discipline, could just be like, I'm not going to check that. And it's something stupid and random. Some, it wasn't even a message, it was some like notification from the observatory or something like that. Completely like blew out my, my quiet time. I was just like, oh man. So make sure your phone's on silent. Too often, there's that thing in Hong Kong where we, we get so busy, don't we? We get so busy, and even it, it's ingrained in our culture here where people, people will say, hey, how are you? How are you? And the response, the, the natural response, people, busy, busy, you know, busy. Being busy isn't a gift of the spirit, you know. Having lots on, having lots of stuff to do, that's great, that's awesome, you know. Having lots on is a really cool thing. But we have to make sure that in our busyness, that doesn't take priority over his presence, that our busyness doesn't steal from our time just being in his presence. I, for, I forget who it was now, but I think it was Wesley or what is one of those great, like, great guys like that. And they, they said, the busier I get or the more stuff I have to do, the more time, the earlier I need to get up because the more time I need to spend in his presence. So if you are too busy to get quality time alone with him, Maybe you need to make a shift, or definitely you need to make a shift. If you're like, actually, I've got too much on, I never have time to spend with them. We need to make a drastic change to lifestyle, especially if you're like, I want to pursue the prophetic. I want to see God speaking through my life and impacting my sphere of influence. And experiment with it. It's real. Pick it up. You know, Maybe one thing works for you in one way and it doesn't in another. Experiment, but engage with God over it. The thing I, I always love is book a meeting with God. You maybe remember Christian who came out. He has a three-hour meeting every morning with God, booked in his diary for work. You know, Pff, that's, that's long. I find that challenging, right? I find that challenging. Book a meeting with God, an actual meeting that's diarized in your diary if you get super busy. If you're a diary kind of person, book something in. So that if someone says, hey, can I see you then? It's like, so, sorry, actually, it's not just empty time that I used to spend with God so I could see you. It's actually, sorry, I've got a meeting at that time. You know, if our bosses or our managers or even a friend asked to meet for coffee, you wouldn't show up like 10 minutes late or just not show up at all and not even, not even say anything, right? We'd be on time for the meeting. I, I, I think you guys probably have, I know I have treated God in ways I would never treat people. You know, never treat people. And so set the meeting with God and honor it. Don't just fit him in. Uh, God began to speak to me about, actually, don't fit me in around your life. 
fit your life in around me. You know, he deserves our best, that first fruits of time of our life. So let's, let's get into it. First point, growing in the prophetic. These are just, these are some foundational ideas that can help us steward the prophetic as we travel into it. Maybe some of you guys, the, some of the things I just share now, you've already done or you do do, which is great. If you don't and you're like, hey, Jez, I want to go after the prophetic, these could be some things that you do, like some, some homework. There seems to be a lot of homework at church lately, doesn't there? So, some homework. <laughs> some of you guys, you receive well, words for yourself. Many of us probably receive words for ourselves. We're listening to God. We receive words for ourselves, for ourselves from other people. And then also, as we go on that journey, we give words for other people. So if we're going to grow and continue to grow, it's so essential that we begin to steward the prophetic well, that it's not this like pff, haphazard, weird spiritual thing that we just like throw at people and have thrown at us and just keep kind of charging through this, ah, this kind of crazy spiritual place and keep going. So here are some of the important things we could do just to start with. So to start with, keep track of everything that God is saying to you. Have you ever thought of that? Keep track of everything that God is saying to you and also keep track of everything God is saying through you. Keep a notebook, write it down. I keep, personally, I keep an Evernote. So if I've given you a word, especially within, as we've been going through this, especially within the last couple of months, it's written down in a book. It's written down in an Evernote book. Why do we do that? It helps us look back and keep account. See what it is. See how, remember those words. Remember those things that have been spoken to us. It will also help us follow up and be accountable over the words that we've shared. And I'm going to go into more of this a bit later in the sermon. Also, it helps us look back. It helps us look back. Take time to reflect on our story so far. Because whilst what's past sometimes doesn't feel very supernatural and prophetic, actually, you know, if, if you were to discover that from looking from w way before that, you'd be like, wow, look how God's worked in my life. Reflect on your story. Write down your life story. Highlight those key prophetic moments where God has said something, where he said something to you, and it's completely changed your life. It's taken you in a new direction. Because as we begin to do this, we begin to see God's prophetic involvement in our life and actually that we are on this beautiful prophetic journey where God is speaking into our lives. That, that thing I shared whilst we were worshipping about some people maybe feel uh, that stuff's not for me or I'm not prepared to step out in it. I, that, I can't do that. That Actually, look how much God's in, been involved in your life, guiding and channeling the things that have been going on. Because I believe when we look back and see how ready he is to put his hand into our life and speak into our life and guide us and direct us, it then gives us so much hope for the future. And then we look forward as well. Write down the words God's speaking to you personally. Write down the words people are speaking to you about calling, about your destiny. What's he calling you into? What talents and skills has he given you? that you just know you have, that people see in you? What are, the, what are the gifts of the Spirit that you're just feeling so stirred in your heart about that he wants to lead you into a bigger place over? Who's he calling you to love? Is there maybe a people group that he's calling you to love and engage with? What's he growing in you? How is he calling you to impact 
a certain spheres of the world, your spheres of the world. I don't know, some of you guys may have heard of that seven mountaintop thing. Seven mountaintops speaks about the seven big areas of culture within the world. And that as, as the church, and I quite often speak about, okay, guys, actually, the church is a place where you guys get equipped and then go out and do ministry. That ministry starts, you know, Sunday afternoon when you leave church. That my ministry here in this place is equipping you guys to go out and be doing ministry in the world. And we're always going to be impacting different spheres. I often speak about spheres. So these seven mountaintops are things like arts and entertainment, the business sphere. Many people here are in the business sphere. They're impacting the business culture. Education, teachers here. There are people, the people here who impact education, family and family life, that sphere of culture. Again, very much, very much us, it's core to our vision. And then there's government and media, and then also religion. So these are these large spheres in, in society that we're called to impact in different ways, different people impacting in different ways. What's the sphere that you're impacting? I'm sure it's bigger than that, right? But they can just be, they can be a good starting point just to begin looking at things. So those three things I just share there, they can be good starting points. If you're starting out on this prophetic journey, you may have already done it. You may have already done those things and think, actually, no, yeah, I kind of have that, that kind of thing down, James. But they're good things to begin going with. Keep track of what God's saying to us and through us. Remind ourselves of the prophetic journey so far and then encourage ourselves on looking forward. What's the prophetic journey ahead? What's this framework that God's leading me into for our destinies and our callings? Second thing about stewarding the prophetic to think on, prophecy is relational. Prophecy is relational. I remember before coming to Hong Kong, whilst we knew we were coming here, before coming to Hong Kong, I was um, listening to loads of different podcasts because I just thought, yeah, we're going to get there in three months, there'll be a thousand people in the church. And, you know, just boom. So I used to listen to all this kind of different church podcasts. And I remember listening to one podcast and there's a thing that guy said that stuck in my head, partly because I thought it was funny the way he presented it at the time. But now going into all this, I don't really find it funny. And he said this, he's speaking about the prophetic and he said, everyone knows who the prophetic people are in the church because they're the people that pee everybody off. You know? And I was just like, ah. you know, when I thought that I remembered it, but as I, was, as I was kind of going through this and prepping this today, God's reminded me about that. And I just thought, mm, you know, whilst a word from God can be something that's challenging, right? It can be challenging. It's sad that that was the stereotype of the prophetic person for, for that guy as he shared it. Because prophecy comes out of that place of relationship that is built on that foundation of love. It's essential that when we're prophesying, when we are prophesying, when we're speaking the heart of love into the world, God's heart of love, that we're not as prophetic people. We're not just accountable for the prophecy. We're not just accountable for what's said, but also for how we say it, our relational skills, how we love that person in delivering these things. When we prophesy, if the outcome of that is something where love itself has kind of been damaged or violated and people have got hurt through doing it, if people don't feel loved when we prophesy, if, if when you speak the heart of love, yeah. the God's heart of love, God who is love itself to a person, 
And the result of that is they feel deeply unloved. Something's gone wrong somewhere. So we need to be accountable over actually our relational skills as well as, as, well as the actual prophecy of what, we're, what we'd be delivering. So when we prophesy, we need to walk in love with, with serious emotional intelligence. How do we love these people as we share these things? Some prophecies don't really need that much emotional intelligence to share. Some stuff can be challenging. You know? I re- I've been given prophecies which have been so helpful, but it wasn't delivered in a very, in, in a gentle way. And I was just, for, for me, that was, I didn't really grasp it and had God's word to me actually for years, years afterwards. Although I did remember it because I was so annoyed by it at the time. You know? <laughs> It's so important for us as we travel this journey into the prophetic, not just, okay, so a few prophetic people, but what we're talking about is a church, a prophetic community out of the church, is that we have this healthy culture in our relationships, in our, this healthy prophetic culture within the church, that we're constantly walking in love. So number three, another interesting way, starting with me, myself, and I. Starting with me, myself, and I. Starting with you. Often when we start that prophetic journey, and this has been my kind of thinking around it in the past, I was like, okay, Lord, I need to, I need to have something massive, you know, and for somebody else, somebody, someone out there, and I never even considered myself. It could be, we, I could be so focused on hearing God for the world, you know, going into your workplace or, or your school or, or your friends and family and unveiling the secrets of their heart, you know, from like day, from, from day one. And at least that's what I was thinking anyway. But I think this is really powerful, where we start our prophetic journey looking in the mirror. Start your prophetic journey looking in the mirror. That God has made you, you. He's made you unique and special. He made you with all your nuances and all your specialties and who, who you are is just amazing and beautiful. He made you the way that you are for a reason. You were born for a reason. You herald a part of his heart into the world. And it, every single aspect of you is, is beautiful to him. So God wants to speak to you about you. God wants to speak to you about you, about your life, about what he's doing in you, what he wants to do through you, about what he loves about you what he loves about you you know we need to start our hearing from God for ourselves see because if we hear from God for ourselves and we really hear how much he loves us we really hear the truth of the fullness of our identity how he sees us then we'll be full and out of the outflow the overflow of that will be able to give prophecy for others. It's hard to give the prophecy of love for, for others if we don't fully understand and get how much God loves us first. Often this truth can get put backwards. I hear God for others, but not for myself. But God is so about speaking to you about you. How many of us believe the lies about ourselves? You know, if we think about how those kind of lie, 
lies that maybe we believe about ourselves, that's going to impact how we step out in the prophetic for others. Even that little thing we shared earlier about mm, maybe I'm not good enough, maybe I'm, I, I'm not holy enough, I can't walk in the prophetic. That's, that's not true. It's a lie. It's not on you. It's on, it's on him. So we've got to see ourselves as he sees us. Jesus loves you. You're you're an amazing topic of conversation for him. He loves you. He's so interested in you that he went to the cross to pay for your sin. He He went to the cross so that you could have this incredible relationship with God Almighty, that someone like me could stand up and say, hey, just book a meeting with God. Do you know how like, nuts that would be for people kind of before the cross? Book a meeting with God. Sit. Be in his presence. God went to extraordinary lengths to dwell in you and to speak to you. He loves you. He treasures you. You're his treasure. He has a lot to say to you. And he has a lot to say about you to you. You are special. Even if you're listening to this podcast and you've walked away from Jesus or you've shunned Jesus all your life, you're special to him. You're treasured by him. He's already made that decision. He's not deciding, hey, should I treasure this person now? He made that decision 2,000 years ago on a cross and he treasured you and he valued you more than anyone or anything ever could. See, as believers, I believe we experience this incredible growth in the prophetic and the breakthrough where we hear what God is saying about us first, about our history. That's why I said that's where we have to start, our history, about our life, who he's made you to be. Who's he made you to be? He wants to engage in that way and reveal who we are, what he's destined us for. And ultimately, as we engage in that, the goal of it isn't information. It's not just to find out more stuff or getting some kind of instructions about, okay, God, tell me what to do next. It's love. It's relationship. The deeper we are in the heart of God, the easier it's going to be for us to hear for others. The deeper we are in the heart of God, the easier it's going to be for us to hear about others. And what better way to travel deeper into connection, deeper into relationship with this God who loves us than actually having him tell us and talk to us about how much he loves us, how much he loves you, what he thinks about you. So guys, if you haven't already started this, this week, I want to encourage you, speak to him about you, about your life, your history, where he's leading you onto. And it's not, you know, it's, it's not pride. Because it's not you speaking to yourself, it's you listening to God for what he says to you. Eh? Number four, stages of prophecy. You'll see that a lot today, they're kind of different points that flit around, around the place. I, I shared a little bit about this kind of thing last week. There are other ways of looking at these stages of prophecy. This one's helpful, so I'm just going to... Sh- I'm going to share it. It's a practical help. There was this guy, um, some of you guys may have heard of Mike, Mike Bickle. This is something that he used to speak about. You can call it a system if you want for receiving and dealing with, with prophecy. These three things, revelation, interpretation, and application. So revelation, what happens? You receive revelation from God. You, you receive the word, whatever it is. You get the impression. You have the vision. You have the dream. It's, it's there. You have it. And then there's interpretation getting to the point 
of understanding what does that revelation actually mean? What's the revelation mean? You know, like I've heard the thing, I've seen the picture. Okay, great. What does that mean? And I mean, I, I I've done it right where I kind of just stop at the re receiving thing and where I don't ask past that. Hey, I've got a picture of like a flying saucer and there's 15 marshmallows on it. There you go. Thank you, that's from God. And then, which is fine, and you'll see, see in a minute why. Sometimes that's where, where, where it stops for us. And so it's just okay. But if you get given that, pray about it. What's the interpretation? What's the interpretation? Get to the point of understanding what that revelation means. What's God communicating through what he's saying? And then lastly, application. Getting understanding for how to administer that into the life of a person. Getting that wisdom into the life of organizations. Those three things may be by one person. It could be actually you have this picture and you just know exactly this is what, this is what it's about. And I really feel this is how to live it out and apply, apply in your life. You some wisdom. It's that wisdom of how to walk it out. But then also... And this is kind of the main point of what, why, I'm, why I'm sharing this stuff. It may require various people and various giftings in the church to get to the application. And I think there's something so beautiful in that because it's not these kind of disjointed, strange, out there kind of prophetic moments. But actually, it's this interdependence in church where we're hearing the voice of God and we're sharing and we're going on these journeys together, hearing his voice. Because we're in the New Testament now. It's not just the, it's not the Old Testament where there was just like one prophetic person that you went to and they were your, they, this is what God says and how to, how to do it. That actually, we're a prophetic community. That actually, maybe one person's getting just, just the image and if that person feel, if the people you're sharing with feel comfortable, bring someone and say, hey, look, can you pray through us with this? So for us individually, it can be a good framework just to have in our minds. Remember, never, we don't need to put God into a framework, but listening prophetically. It's okay, what do I hear and see? I've heard something. What does that, what does that mean? God, what's the, what does that mean? And then, okay, how do we apply that? How do we apply that in, into life? It may be that actually you with maybe within the small group setting because I know people we're beginning to launch these small groups it may be just you and someone else who you walk very closely with spiritually that there's a word given and it's just like mm, what, what's that I, and you actually spend time praying together about the revelation for that over the week yeah. I had a picture last Sunday but I didn't share it because I, I spent I spent a number of days over the week praying through what that actually meant before I before I shared it. So it's, you don't always need to, well, just sometimes you, you'll know if it's right to give, you'll know if it's right and that's where it's ending or if you're actually in, to stay in longer and say, okay, God, what, what are you actually talking about? So we'll go on to number five, stewarding words given to us. I think a number of us have received prophetic words. Maybe all of us in our time have received a word from God. And I know I've, I've done this, and maybe you guys have as well, where we get a prophetic word, this, um, this word from heaven. I mean, really think what it is. It's a word from heaven. God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, speaking to you, whether directly to you or through somebody else prophetically. And it's, it's just, we can just be like, oh, wow, thanks. And it just kind of sits there. Now, some of you guys may be great at this. Personally, I wasn't good at this. It just kind of sits there as this, word 
we forget about it or it gets a little unclear. It's kind of in this mental junk folder where it just kind of sits there. We've been given the word, but it's just, it's just there and either drifts away or not engaged with again. It's so important that we steward the words we receive from others well. It's so important that we steward the words we give to others well. And then also what you're hearing for, our, for yourself, that you take that seriously, that we steward what we're hearing. So I'm going to sh- share some principles that you guys can put in place. And we're just going to focus particularly on receiving, the stuff that we're receiving, either hearing ourselves or someone else giving to us. Another week I'm going to speak more about when we're giving a prophecy and staying accountable over those kind of things. Record them. We touched on this at the beginning, didn't we? Find what works best for you, whether it's a notebook, a notepad, you've got computer files and you've got a different way of doing it from that. As I said earlier, I... I use Evernote and I have different notebooks. I've got a notebook for the words I've given. I have a notebook for the words I've received. Whatever your system is, just treasure them enough to record them in one place. It's so important. It can be so easy to hear something from God and kind of just say thanks and just forget it. But if you get given it, It's precious. It's a word from heaven. Write it down. Record the person. Say it back. Do a voice note for yourself. Whatever works for you. There's a deep truth of seeking God's voices. We're wanting to be led, aren't we? We go to God because God, we want to be led. But the truth is that if we aren't recording and remembering kind of what he's saying to us, what he's speaking into our lives, then to some degree, we're more interested in the experience of hearing God speak to us than we are actually interested in being led by what's being said and remembering that and being like, whoa, okay, this is like, this is incredible information from head office. I need to live by this stuff and I need to keep track of this stuff and what, what what he's been speaking into my life. Second point, organize. When we've recorded them, organize them. So it's not just like, hey, there's all this stuff, poof, like dump it into one, one place, but keep them in order so you can go back, so you, that you can keep track, so that you can go back and review them. And you find what works well for you. Maybe it's as simple as words you've received in one place. That's why I have two, two things. Words you've received in one place, words you've given in another place. But then actually maybe as you receive more and if you're receiving quite a lot or you're giving quite a lot that you need to start subdividing to do with either people or to do with um, to do with for yourself maybe calling identity your history these kind of things separate areas for the words that you've received we think how there are certain things in life we treat with a lot of diligence like our accounts we should treat our accounts and finances with great with great diligence in our businesses. We treat a lot of stuff there with a lot of diligence. Same thing for the words we receive. We've got to treat it with diligence. So then listening prayer. Listening prayer, it's a bit like that practicing solitude, getting silent with God. And you could do it at that same kind of time. But the the point is, it's not just receiving a word from God and saying, "Woo, that's great. Thanks, God. That's encouraging. And just cracking on. But it's actually taking the time to get quiet and sit with God and listen to what he has to say. What's he got to say about that word that was given? 
And as we're in that place, keep our thoughts on him, on Jesus, focus on him. Ask God questions about it, engage with him about it. Turn it around, look at, look at what this word is. God, what are you speaking to me through this? What's, what, what's the word that you've received? What's, what's he wanting to communicate? Sit in that place and wait and hear. Uh, some of the best prayer times I remember ever having is when I ask questions to God. Going into prayer times, going into these times, just listening to him with a question. He's very ready to respond. And then when we hear, apply. Apply what we learn. What are you hearing God say? What is he leading you into? When you hear the thing, it's not, it's not just, oh, great. It's a apply to life. We're called to be hearers and doers, aren't we? There's this Rima word from God spoken into our lives. Let's be a doer of it. And then weigh the prophecy. Share the prophecy with people who you really trust, that you guys can get together, spiritually mature people in your life to weigh the prophecy. Because sometimes not all prophecies are spot on. Maybe there's some things you need to sit there and weigh. Okay, is, is what's been said here accurate? Just because someone said to you, you need to move to Greenland and start a church, doesn't mean it's true, right? If you've been thinking about Greenland a lot, okay, and church planting, I'd say probably that's good confirmation. But if it's completely out of the blue, then don't feel like you've got to sell up and move to Nook or wherever the capital is. There. Review prophetic words monthly. That is an interesting one, right? Review prophetic words. Spend time. Go back. That's why we've recorded them, not just for some kind of and like I don't know like just for fun no we've recorded them so we can go back and look at them again review the prophetic words monthly or bi-monthly so once every month or two alone or maybe with a really close spiritual friend that you're on this journey with get together and spend time praying through what you guys have received what you guys have shared review them talk them through share your heart about them look for what's been fulfilled if you're maybe still looking for certain applications over some of them or more revelation about them spend time praying about that thinking about that and then have an annual review once a year what has god said this year because that's cool right what's god said this year to you what has been fulfilled this year that maybe he spoke to you two years ago that you've been recording and then you see God said that to me back then, and now it's actually come to fruition. Look at those older prophetic words that you've been given. And it's cool because we begin to build a history of prophecy, of the prophetic in our life. I think it's beautiful. And we see how God has worked in our life and how things have played out, how things have been fulfilled in that year. So it's this kind of like little personal prophetic conference time to get with God and have these times listening prayer in that looking at calling and also recapping okay for the year ahead God what, what are you saying which direction to go in because sometimes we get so busy we just smash on with everything and I put my put myself in the same category but not not in the church setting but in the business world very successful people they have regular times of re-evaluating life and where they're going we've got the best life coach on earth right calling us into a destiny that we were made for. God Almighty, take time with him to review what he's saying to us, what he's calling us into. 
getting through blocks, getting through blocks. There's a slight change in tack, but stewarding a gift means there's going to be challenges within the prophetic. You're going to have times where it's like, I feel like I've walked into a brick wall. I'm not hearing a thing. You know, got my head underwater. Stewarding the prophetic means that when we hit the blocks, we don't just give up. We don't just say, ah, not for me. You know, I'm not going to bother anymore. Sometimes it can seem like we're praying and listening and just hearing nothing. I don't know if you guys have ever had that. Sometimes it can be maybe we're completely focused on, on the wrong thing. Here are a few things to help you guys when praying for people, listening to God for people. Before I get into that, I just want to encourage you guys, when you're in those places, ask questions. Ask questions. If you don't feel like you're hearing God or hearing from God, ask questions. It's that thing of engaging with him. Asking him a question just and then just not saying anything is, is amazing. I've had these amazing times where I used to go out on a mountain in Edinburgh and walk and I'd, always, I'd just always ask a question before I started the time. And that would just be what my prayer time was about, that question. God, and it could be something from the Bible, it could be something in life, but God always comes through. When we feel a blockage when listening for God, remember the starting point is love not calling depends maybe on our characters but this is very much me the first point i go to is what what have you made this person to do for god what have you made this person to do for him you know we start speaking out the calling in their life and try to hear for that but actually first ask god what do you love about this person everything about the prophetic is grounded in love isn't that it's grounded in love and relationship. That's why the conversation starts in love and relationship. And it seems, this first one, it seems so unbelievably simple. Or even like, am I really prophesying? Because I'm just saying some nice stuff to this person, right? But if you remember one thing from today, if you take one thing away, it's that. Because that's the starting point of everything. I'm just going to share something with you. Because this is the beginning of prophecy where God begins to reveal his heart and his love about his child. Go to that place first. Let that be your first question to him. So you're praying for someone, ask him, what do you love about this person? I want to share a story with you because I've just been blown away this week by, by God and I've been trying to do this and I've just been blown away with the stuff, like how, how awesome he is. I'll tell you one, one story from this week. I'll share later that I've taken two risks this week. This is one of them. And, you know, it makes our conversation with people way easier. It's a good entry point. As we grow in the prophetic, as we grow, we maybe can come up with like, is your birthday the 30th of October or something like that, right? But this is a beautiful place to start. And this week I um, shared... I shared with this guy and I was just praying for this guy and shared God's heart for him. And then I just heard God's heart for him to do with a particular kind of aspect of his character. And then I heard something about him about a broken relationship. And I didn't share that because I was just like, man, that's quite directive that he's had a relationship that's just broken, that that's something on his heart. And then, then I heard some stuff about, about his calling and what God's calling him into. 
and I shared this stuff with him, but I hadn't shared about the relationship and I shared this stuff and all that stuff hit home with him. I was just like, this is, it felt so natural, but it began just to hit home. And then just felt God say about that broken relationship again. And so I was just like, okay. So especially someone you've never spoken to, right? I shared with them that I felt God's just saying that there was a broken relationship and that God's bringing restoration to that, not with the same person, but there's going to be a restoration in that area. And he shared just about how all this stuff was very real to him and that actually just before coming to Hong Kong, because of coming here, he had had a broken relationship and he was literally just about to go back to that place that he was from and that there was all this stuff in his heart kind of around that. So we didn't talk much about it, but I could see God just holding this guy's heart in that area of marriage and a wife and relationships. And it didn't come from some like zapping thing. It just came in, it just came inside. But the point is it started, it wasn't the entry point. It started with asking God, what do you love about this guy? What do you love about this guy? And actually, I'll share with you, you don't know who he is. God just said to me, I love this guy because he is so ready to obey me. He's so ready to follow where I call. And I just shared it with him. And he's just like, man, that's amazing. Because I heard from God to come to Hong Kong and I just, and I just went. So I encourage you guys, that's a beautiful place to start to share with people. And then moving on, ask the questions, God, what do you want to say about this person's relationships and, and friendships? What are they, what are you doing in them. Our friendships and our relationships are so important. Knowing how important they are to God is powerful. God, what are they spending their time on that you love? That's the jobs, hobbies, career, all, all these kind of things. Sometimes people think, oh, God's not interested in the things I do. God is so interested in the things they do. They're projects that they're doing. And then we begin to get to those kind of questions. What is, what's their calling? God, what have you, are you calling this person into something? And that may be a paid kind of career job calling. It may not be. It may be something that actually more of a spiritual calling than their, their money's coming from over here, but they're called into, they're called into some kind of ministry aspect. And then we come to that. What are good secrets? What are the good secrets that God would reveal to them? What are the good secrets that would reveal his nature to them? That, that they'd be like, wow, God, God's amazing. I believe that, that's stuff to do with the relationship. That's a secret that I had literally no idea about, revealed from God that just says, I care about that. I know about that. I've got you. But it all starts in relationship. It all starts in love with God and with people. And it flows out of that place. We're going to be far more effective in walking out as a church, the prophetic, when we know that everything comes out of the presence, that very first foundation we did in the foundation study series. When our focus is on, is on him and his love for people more than doing the prophetic ministry or getting that special word or something like that, but actually where it's more about him and those people and revealing the heart of God to them, that they would just go away feeling just bowled over by his love. I was just, I was just, I cried. The guy didn't cry, right? I cried, but I cried everything. But 
I was just like, man, God, you're so good. You're so good. Faith and risk. Faith and risk. Faith and risk, they're very similar. They're very similar. If we're going to steward the prophetic or any of the spiritual gifts, there's got to come a point where we step into risk, where we open our mouths and say, okay, God, because... If you think about that guy and the story of, uh, of this broken relationship and that God has a relationship for him, God has a wife for him, he would not have received that. He would not have received that blessing had I not shared, had I not taken the risk. Because I felt a bit uncomfortable. I didn't share it when I first heard. And then God said to me again. So I thought, okay, I'll share it. We've got to take the risk and do it in love. If we're going to grow, we've got to try something new. If we're going to grow... We've got to try something new as part of stewarding it, that we're using it, that we're employing it. And that's actually all the gifts. There's got to come a point where we do. If we want people to receive words from God, we're going to have to open our mouths to say them. If we want to see people healed, we want to see miracles done, we're going to need to step out in faith and declare them and pray for them. We've got to step out and take the risk. What happens, though, if nothing happens? What happens if nothing happens? We keep risking. Because actually we do it for his glory, not for our own glory. Something doesn't happen, there's nothing on you, okay? Nothing on you. How, how foolish are we prepared to look for him? How many times do we risk with nothing, without seeing a result, right? There's one thing about risking once and nothing happens, and then we think, okay, we won't do that again. But how many times do we risk and fall on our face, and we risk again and fall on our face, and we risk again and fall on our face? Face, face, face isn't a word, by the way. Um, many times, many times, lots of times. John Wimber, famous kind of in healing, I don't know if you've ever heard of his kind of healing ministry. He prayed for hundreds and hundreds of people, probably thousands of people for years and years. I think it was seven years he prayed for people before he saw one person healed. Lots of times. You keep going and you keep going. I remember Sean Bowles sharing something about, he was going after names and he said that he prayed he, gave, he delivered like just under a thousand names and everyone was wrong. That's a lot of names, right? It's a lot of people. I don't think I've spoken to a thousand people lately. That they were delivered, but they didn't land. But then after that, something happened. If you ever watched this stuff, I mean, it's just, it's just like, it's amazing and incredible. You know, that he stands up and speaks to a group and says, where's such and such? And they're, up, they're at the back and he, and he gets their name. It's amazing. It takes risks to keep going at something and falling off. You know, if you're good at sport, you know you're going to fall. You know you're going to have challenges. Risk-taking is also imaginative. It's being imaginative. We need to be emotionally intelligent where we care for other people's hearts as we share, but it's also good to engage imaginatively. You've got to do it in a way that you're not hurting people, but try something you've never done before. That's risky. Yeah. 
What is God saying in that moment about that specific situation? And what's he saying to do? How's he saying to deliver that or live that out? If you look at Jesus, he never really did the same miracle twice, like in the same way twice. Remember that time where he spits in the mud and wipes in the guy's eye? You know, probably one of the disciples would be like, well, what's he doing? You know, lost it. He's gone nuts. We realized that was spit. We've got some water. You know? Amazing. That's a risk. I don't know if you've heard of Smith Wigglesworth. I've shared with, about him a lot. I mean, he took risks. I would, don't worry, I would never go there. I remember what, one of the stories, he punches a lady in the stomach to heal her of cancer. She's healed. The cancer falls out of her, is on the floor. And he says, you never lay hands on the devil. You punch the devil. But he also did it once, probably been arrested today. I think he did it once and winded the lady. So I don't know quite, you know, I don't quite know how that, like, how that works. I don't have the faith to do that kind of thing. But my point is, it's, we don't have to follow a pattern. Don't have to follow a pattern. Don't worry, I'm not going to pray for anyone like that. It's a serious risk, isn't it? But God is so creative. He is the creator God. We don't need to limit God. We don't need to limit God. We don't need to limit him to patterns and the ways things have always been done. Even within the more charismatic Pentecostal tradition, which is we would describe as less traditional, it can be so easy to create religion out of those traditions, the ways we do them. Because actually time's passing by, years are passing by. We, the, the point is that we're not, we don't do stuff as it was always done. We do stuff as Christ, as God is calling us to do it now. And that leads us to the next point. Beware of patterns. Beware of patterns. As we walk in stewardship over these gifts, beware of putting patterns in place in your own heart. Because as you grow, you're going to grow in a certain way and God's going to do something in you. But be careful of the patterns that are growing in your heart. Things that maybe make you feel comfortable. And we find that actually we have more faith in the pattern and what I, the way I've done it in the past than in God himself. Even those most beautiful spiritual realities that, that, we, that we travel into, that we explore, they can end up being normalized by these kind of patterns and systems. Can create, I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but create a kind of spiritual boredom about something that really shouldn't be boring, about shouldn't be normal, shouldn't be ordinary. But we try and just recreate the same thing as has happened before. Even with how we hear God, you may see that same vision time and time and time again. Or you, you have the same vision as you had last time and you spent all this time praying about it and you had this revelation for it. Don't just say, hey, this is what it means. I've had it before. You know, It may mean the same thing, but it also may mean something completely different. That God is speaking through you to somebody else using the same picture, but in a completely different way. You know, he d- he can do what he can do what he likes. He's God. I tell I want to tell you something about that. God actually spoke to me whilst I was preparing this morning, and so I've added this in. I've had a recurring vision, and it has driven me nuts. Okay, I won't share the vision. We'll go into that another time. But it's driven me nuts. 
and I've had this recurring vision since we were a house church, that anything where I pray about myself or I pray about the church, I can't see anything else. It's the same thing over and over again for years. And it's been driving me nuts because I gave that when we actually had it, God really spoke to me and I spoke it out in this meeting. And it was only actually just today, God reminded me of it and said, there's other stuff I want to tell you about. It's really important. So pray for me as I kind of journey into that thing. That's probably why it was still there. If you have a recurring vision, maybe there's more God wants to say about it. God is so deep and fascinating that every day and every time in his presence, we go on an adventure. You just don't know where you're going to go. And as we journey in the prophetic, let's never settle. Don't get to that point where you're like, this is enough. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with this much of you, God. If we get good at hearing one thing, let's take names, for example. You get good at hearing names. But you find you're hearing something particular, maybe about someone's situation at that moment or their calling. And you just, every time you're with people and you're there and you've got the confidence and you share it and it's just hitting home every time, go for something else as well. You've got, there's that, there's that aspect. Go, go for something else. Say, God, I want to push into this area with you. Take risks. You know, God loves it because it's relational. It's not some random haphazard thing that's just going on. It's relational. It's you and him working together, engaging with each other, sharing his heart into the world. And where you're saying, God, I want to grow in this thing. I want to grow in this thing where you're pushing deeper into his heart, where you're relying on him and nothing else. I think that's so exciting. It's a life that is just so incredibly full. And lastly, acknowledging risk. Acknowledging risk. And this is something that's going to take all of you guys. Growing in the prophetic is going to take time and practice and commitment. We're not going to do this series forever, right? We're not, we're not going to stay in this prophetic series forever. But we certainly want the stuff that's planted in this season, not just to be, oh, that was an interesting sermon series, and then crack on, you know, but actually to see transformation in us so that we actually begin to grow and begin to go on this journey as this prophetic community. It's something that we're going to need to pick up and have a go at, stewarding as we go. Support each other as you risk and cheer each other on in those risks. And, you know, that means acknowledging and celebrating risk, whatever the outcome, whatever the outcome. If you fall flat on your face, it's fine. Share it and celebrate it. Well done for having a go. Well done for having a go. Even if you're in that point, actually, where you're like, I didn't, I didn't fully step out, but I just, I just knew it. I knew I had to. But that time I freaked out. That, 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 there's a celebration in that. Like, well done for even hearing God for that. But let's risk together. And it's only going to happen if we share with each other those successes and those failures. I think this is very important. So there's no shame in taking a risk and being wrong. And it isn't being humble. It isn't being humble to hide the risk that you took that was right. It isn't being humble to hide the risk that you took that was right. And I think in our culture, it can be like, well, I'm not going to share what God's done because I don't want to point at me. And it's right. We don't want to point at ourselves. We want to point at God. But I want to encourage you guys because I'm walking this thing with you. This is 
I find, I find it risky. It freaks me out as well. It's not the easiest thing in the world to start saying stuff to people. Also, sometimes with this kind of stuff, with words of knowledge especially, you know if you're wrong because they'll, the people just tell you, you know, sorry, my name's not Simon, you know? <laughs> Something like that. It's just like, oh, man. But what I want to do, I want to I just encourage you guys. I've taken two risks this week. I'm trying to challenge myself to take more risks, share with people. I took two risks this week to share that heart of God with people and say, hey, God, what do you love about this person? And both times have just been so, they've just been spot on. I've just been, like, I've been blown away. Both times I've cried. They haven't, but both times I've cried. I've just been like, I, I, honestly, I've just been a complete wreck. I've just been like, God, man, you're, you're so good. The two words of knowledge that, that came that I, that I shared with these two different people just brought so much life in there that there's this, and this kind of knowledge that God is deeply interested in them and what they are doing. And I don't know the fruit of the Spirit that's going to kind of grow out of that, but it's just, it's wild and it's beautiful and it's such a rush. I've, I've shared two weeks ago, I think it was, or maybe last week, where I said, Risking's one thing, but what's the risk of not sharing? What's the risk of not sharing? And actually just going through this, I just like, this week, I've just been like, man, how much would I, I have heard that and robbed from those people? You know, maybe I was, if I'd have been wrong, then I said sorry and probably thought, well, he's a weirdo. But then, <laughs> but had I not shared, they wouldn't have experienced God speaking directly into their life and have so much hope and faith for the future. I think for those people, they're just in a different place after that's been shared. And so guys, I share that to encourage you not to blow my own trumpet or anything like that, but to, sh to encourage you to share in your spheres, amongst your relationships. Pray for opportunities, it will come naturally. Just be normal, be normal and natural and start and enter asking that question, God, what do you love about this person? Because actually it is incredibly simple to say, I've just been praying for you. And instead of going and saying, is your name, is your name Simon, right? Or who is Simon? Go, going, in, going in and saying, I've been praying for you and I just feel God wants to say something to you. And I've just been asking him, God, what do you love about Simon? No, what do you love about this person? And sharing that, you know, there's something just really beautiful in that. Don't manufacture it. Hear, hear from God, but also know that he's got something awesome for those people. And actually, as you do that, more just comes and for me it never felt like anything amazing like it's just like stuff just came into my mind and my heart and i was just like in my thoughts like we shared about last week and it's just like okay and i shared and and it was right sometimes we may not get it right and you know that's cool it's fine the fact is that you took a risk for the lord and that's an awesome thing so it's not just the successes where the word kind of lands that we celebrate. We celebrate taking the risk itself. Because guys, if we're as a church going to go to a place where I believe the Lord wants us to go, and for, maybe we're going to work, work and operate in the prophetic in different, in different ways. We're all on, we're on a journey. Some people may find that they're, that they're operating in different ways in the prophetic, but I believe it's, it's for us all. 
But if we're going to get to that place, we're going to fall off the horse a lot before we get there. Mm. For us to get to that place, we can't be scared of getting muddy, getting, getting dirty. Every fool's worth celebrating. If we're grounded in love, and this is the core point I want to come back to again, if we're grounded in love and we're focused on relationship and we respect and we honor and we have that, that fruit of the spirit of gentleness working through us when we, when we share with people and we just honor them and love them, then that's safe and that's healthy. So we're not looking to glorify ourselves. The whole purpose that we're pursuing the prophetic is to glorify the Son, to point to Him, that the King would be glorified and His kingdom would be established on the earth. Those people, I don't believe, have gone away thinking, wow, James, they've gone away thinking, God, you're awesome. I need to, I need to engage with you again. I need to find out more about you again. I want to leave it there for today because there's quite a lot of stuff that was, that was there. And that's the kind of message that's completely pointless unless we actually go away and put it into practice. You know? We go away and, and, and live it. So I just want to encourage you guys in that as we just have our response time, think about, okay, God, what, from that, what is it you're calling me to? What are, you, what are you calling me into? What is it that you want me to maybe make a change in? Do I need to start write, writing, writing names down? writing words down. Guys, as we go into this moment, if you have a word for the church and you feel it feel it's appropriate, please, please do share. But this is a time just to have time between you and God. Just ask what he has to say about you. Some of you guys need to hear that. Make that decision to start recording the words you receive and give. Organize them. Listen to God over them. Review them. Also, are you ready to take a risk? If you are, ask for an opportunity for this week. Ask for an opportunity to share with someone. And when, when you do, whatever the outcome, let me know. Let me know. We want to celebrate you. Remember, always start with, what does God love about them? So guys, what are we risking in prophetically? What are we asking God for? Is there a specific area like like names, something like that? And if you're here today or you're listening to the podcast and you don't know Jesus, you don't have this relationship, the stuff I've been speaking about, you think, I, I don't even know God. I don't even know how to get, get into this place of, of uh, communication. If you haven't given your life to him, but you want to start that journey with him today, you want to have this relationship with God that he's gone to extraordinary lengths to bring you into, to be able to speak to you, to have a relationship with you, then pray this after me. Jesus, thank you for making me your treasure. Thank you for paying the price for my sin, which I could never pay. I ask for forgiveness today for all my sin. I receive your righteousness and I thank you. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. And I give you my life today and make a decision to follow you and obey you from this day forward. Amen.
Father God, Lord, I thank you that you're leading us on this prophetic journey, God, and you're working in and through each of us in different ways, different stages on that journey, Lord. I pray just that you would, with your the gentleness of your Holy Spirit, just reveal more and more to us. Give us those opportunities. Lord, let us just rest in you right now. Guys, the other things that you've got going on in, on in your life, just let the Holy Spirit just minister to you right now. Just say, come Holy Spirit. Just invite him to come in, to fill you afresh just now. Your name. Amen.